I was liable to you even consider. By God's grace, it seems that it's pleasing to the Lord for him to consider. And, really, and so, so we, we decided to uh, present this uh, to the church, and we present to his church, we present to ours, and then come up with a plan with ways that we can, um, you know, be inclusive and be open. And so we, we have this pastoral forum, and we ask, people ask some questions. But I mean, I need only someone, um, uh, Jeff, you don't mind. Um, these are the questions, and each one of these questions, maybe two of you, um, he did, we, we have some questions, so we, we try to make it easy. I know some of you are not graduated from seminary and thinking, but we try to encourage questions that 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 um, that you know you may want to ask either one of us in order to encourage an open process, right? Uh, so let's go to that first slide. What's, what's one of our goals for today? Um, express personal thanks to all who submitted questions. Thank you, thank you that um, by you submitting questions. It is a sign that that you feel a sense of ownership in what's happening. Second of all, second of all, what do we want? To, we want to encourage an open process, all right? Um, an open process. And I know that um, you guys are looking through your questions now. Uh, we're going to give you five minutes, just to quiet time, maybe three minutes, for you to look at the questions and then pick pick the ones you would like to ask. We're not going to cover all the questions. If we can cover six or seven, that'd be great. Thirdly, um, I want to strengthen our corporate unity. Um, I believe that God wants to, unity is big for me, has always been. Um, togetherness, being together, being a family, united. There are spiritual principles of unity that I see that are foundational to whatever God does. I believe this is a, a, a unity building experience. Are we going to agree on everything? Maybe not. And I, in some ways, I hope we, we don't agree on everything. You know, they, that we can have opportunities to love each other and to value each other as the priority over secondary issues. So, um, so anyway, so strengthen our unity. Uh, fourthly, I want us to increase your knowledge of who we are. Some of you say, "Oh, I mean, man, I don't even know what you believe in that." That's why I, said, That's why I included myself in this class. So increase the, you know, so you can get to know uh, us more, you know, just from our point of view. Of where, what we believe. Um, number five, you know, um, we want to uh, note, I want you to know that the Bible does answer many important questions. Many important answers. Number six, um, encourage personal Bible study. You're going to hear questions, the theological questions, and we trust that everything that we say with respect to ministry and theology and process can be biblically grounded. It's not just us coming up with it's not us looking at what's the trend in corporate right? or the trends in popular Christianity. No, this is going to the Bible and let's figure it out. Amen? So, encourage personal Bible study. And then, third and last one, uh, just your joy. I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy this thing. Alright, so, what's the method? It's going to go through the method quickly. We need a little bit of uh, method to expand and say. <laughs> State the question number. So, you, we're going to give opportunities for you guys to say, okay, just ask a question. State the question number, number one. Number two, you, you don't, you, we're going to display the question on the screen. We have to stay up until 1 in the morning, entering 65 questions. I'm throwing it in there for a little while. But you're going to work. We're going to use those scripts, whether we like or not. 
So this, we're going to display the screen, the, your question on the screen. Number three, um, identify who the question is directed to. To myself, to Ron, or both. You know, just figure out, you know, you know. And number four, um, and so we're going to begin about two minutes. You know, so let's read it. The clock. Take the clock. Take the counter. You got a 16 app, just count it. Um, two minutes about, roughly. You know, that, that, if we need, if we need some extra time, you know, we'll we'll, we'll plead with Rita. You know? <laughs> and uh, two minutes, two minutes about per, you know, his proposal, two minutes each. Some some qualifications. Uh, it's impossible to qualify. There are going to be answers, and there are going to be questions that arise from the answers. That's just the way it is. There is no answer that you can give that I cannot get that question out. <laughs> because it's just the nature of language. It's almost like it, it's, it can keep going. So it's impossible to qualify everything. We're going to try to limit theological jargon. Things that, uh, you know, we're talking about it. So, you know, so, you know, uh, many of you have read it in seminary, you know, so that we'll, we'll try to do that. Number five, and we have a lot of follow up questions. Right? So when it's asked for that, it's a big concert. Sing a song, right? Just like a poem. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna put you on the spot. Get something that I'll release. Cut off the environmental little voice echo. You're yeah. gonna have to use another mic. More of a blue wall. Use this. James Brown. All right, let's sing it. Oh, that's that's the move we're going. All right. Very white. So so here and he doesn't know I'm gonna say this. He doesn't know I'm gonna say this, because this is the kind of guy I'm just I'm a straight shooter. Right? So I'm just gonna be real. But here's what I disagree with, with what he's already said in his comments. And and we'll know what I'm about to say, because I didn't get a chance to confront him on this. Well, <laughs> because he said it last Sunday too. It really did hit me the wrong way. Okay, it really did. I, I, I know what he means by what he said. I know his heartbeat. But when he said something, I'm paraphrasing, he was flabbergasted or whatever that I would even consider, that hit me the wrong way. Now, I know what he means by that. But that is not how I think at all. Who am I? I ain't nothing but a servant of Christ. I don't care what experience I have. I don't care what I've done. It's all for his glory. And so that I'm have to rebuke you in love and say that was wrong. But I know why you said that. You see, we might as well get used to rebuking each other right now. We're gonna do this together. But this is this is about God. This is about God. I don't look at at well, I could have been anywhere, but maybe I'm gonna go to hope. That is not anywhere on my radar. I go where God wants me to go. And it's a privilege to serve anywhere in the name of Jesus Christ, including hope if it be that's what God is doing. So let's add a break on that. I still love you. All right. So that's all I have to say. All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And that's what I'm saying. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful in itself. God is, God is just, just doing something. So, all right. So you guys have taken take, take one minute, look at the question, and then um, you can, um, uh, we'll give you just one minute. Now again, we're going to have another installment, we're going to have another installment of this. 
So, and, and maybe we'll have a third one, just to kind of work with Bateman. You know, cover the, you know, cover as much as the material as we can. Now, if there's only four questions that people are going to then it's okay. <laughs> we'll take that into consideration. But, um, so, go ahead. Um, who has a question? Carol. Who are you addressing? Ron, myself, or both? Oh, who, who, who's the question directly? Ron, myself, or Ron? No. Wait, you just explain, right? No, I, I, I do not believe the Bible teaches that a believer um, can lose his salvation. Um, we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone, and what Jesus Christ has done. Romans talks about that we've been justified by his blood through faith in what he's done on the cross. There are no works that I can do to earn my salvation. There are no works I can do to undo my salvation. It's totally based on what Christ has done on the cross. Period. So this is one of those questions that we could talk like two hours on this. Probably we could talk two weeks on this. My understanding of the free will of man, you and I have free will. God has given us choice. You and I use our intellect, our emotions, what we know, what we don't know, and we make choices all the time. You, you chose to come here today. I chose to bring this bottle of water up here, right? Now, I'm, I'm gonna, because my, my guess is the question has something to do with what the free will of man in light of the sovereignty of God. Is that, is that like what's behind this question? Okay, so where, where I have the freedom to do all this, the other side of the coin is that God is sovereign. What does that mean? God knows all, God decrees, as he says, I will decree, I will set up one king, I will put another king down, right? So you have this, this dichotomy, same coin, one free will, sovereignty of God. God's sovereign will by no way imposes upon your free will, or else you would cease to be a human creature made in his image that can use your own ability to make a choice, right? And I think one of the things, you're timing up, am I good? Yeah, you put a time on this one, huh? <laughs> okay. What, one of the things that's difficult, there are so many verses where it will show the sovereignty of God and so many verses in Scripture that show the, the free will of man. And I think what theologians try to do is they try to take those two and, and, and hat and glove them. Like, what, what, where does it fit solidly? Part of this is a mystery, I'm going to tell you right now. There's no way this human mind is going to understand the fullness of God's sovereignty as it relates to man's will. What scripture does teach, both exist. Both exist. I'll ask a question. He took a mark of the, with respect to salvation. I'll take a mark of that with respect to the nature of the will. So now looking at what, what is will. So one of the things that I think free will can be a mis 
Because when we say free, doesn't mean free from all constraints. When you, when you look at freedom, free from all constraints, I am free. There's nothing constraining me. I'm free. But the Bible does not teach that the will is without constraint. So the Bible, uh, the question, so the question I ask people is, does God have a free will? And that, that gets tricky because, well, it says God cannot lie. So he can't choose to lie. Apparently God is not free to choose to lie. So one of the things that was helpful for me to understand that our will, our ability to choose that mechanism, and there's a lot that we can say about that. Said that's okay. The ability to choose comes is defined and constrained by our nature. So that have you ever seen humans eat grass? Why don't humans eat grass? It's not in our nature. So so our ability to choose is free within the constraint of our nature. And Strength of the sovereignty of God. That's like something that plays into that. So that's why I like, I like the, so the free will. So if we say, am I free? Can I do whatever I want? Can I, uh, for example, I don't like onions. I can't choose to like onions tomorrow to be a I don't have power. I would like to like onions tomorrow, but I can't. So it tells me that my nature is confining my choices. So does that make sense? So there is. So there is a, a freedom of choice. I like what someone said. You have freedom of alternate choice, but not freedom of contrary choice. So contrary to your nature, you have more freedom. And that's going to feed into the salvation question. Because if I am by nature a sinner, I cannot please God. Does that make sense? So, so, so there's two questions. One question is how does the freedom uh, relate to the sovereignty of God? But then there's the nature of freedom, of, the, of the, that mechanism, what we call the will of man. One thing that people don't, don't take into consideration is that our will is bound to our nature. Uh, the, way, the things that I choose are the things I prefer. Right? I can't, I wish I had the freedom to choose what you prefer, but I can't. I just can't, because you have your own set of nature things that, that bind you. Is that, is that, is that, is that so that's a little bit qualifier that helps me to, again, it, what, what, for me, the most thing that's helpful is that to remind man, every one of us, we cannot be saved apart from a miracle of grace. Because my nature is sinful. I will always choose what is evil because of my when Jesus Christ comes and changes and gives us a new heart, new mind, there's a reason why he does that. Now we, got, we have a new set of, we have a new nature, and now we can now choose things that are good for the nature. Okay, oh, she's 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, next question. Shay. Another big hot topic. <laughs> who do you address it to? Who do you boost? Who's that? Who? Me? 
Um, the nature that I said, well, there, 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 there's a lot of different views, right? There's view, I, I grew up being uh, pre-millennial, 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 no. um, which simply means, you know, the popular view is the rapture, then the tribulation, and, uh, and then Jesus comes back and establish a, a thousand year kingdom. So, so, so when you're talking about last days, I think I'm doing that. So I have a little different view. Uh, I lean, but I'm not a hard, I'm not hard, I lean more omnibillion, where um, the coming of the Lord, and the coming of the Lord in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the rapture is all one event. And that we're fast approaching that one and that, that the thousand years of rain began with Jesus Christ, the church, and the birth in the book of Acts. So, so I believe more, I don't have a lot of the different points. It's more Jesus is coming, and he's, when he comes, it, it, he will come, and he will uh, judge the wicked, uh, renew heavens, and new heavens, new heavens all in one shot, not be different. But the more popular view is more what's called a premillennial view. Which is the rapture and then the thousand year reign of Christ on earth. But one day we can have maybe a study and go through the different views and why. And you know, there's good questions. There's also another one called post millennial, that's probably the least popular. Pre millennial, amillennial, probably most people fall into one of them. Number 11. Now, what men in your life shaped you, and what was their impact? What are they? Yes, they're both. Or both of us. What do you think? All right, so I'll go first. Uh, two minutes? All right, because there's a lot of people I can mention. I'm going to mention my dad, number one. My dad is no longer with us. Um, I think it's because of my dad that I became a questioner of things. Because he, we, we affectionately would say when we talk to my dad, my brother can verify this, we call him the lecturer. So we were always kind of a little apprehensive about going downstairs and talking like, Dad, I got a question because he was a sit-down boy. <laughs> I never understood why that would be my name after 80 years. Oh, you call me boy. But, but when he would lecture us, then if we had a question, he would ask a question about our question about a question. Um, so that, that shaped a lot of, of who I am. His work ethic shaped a lot of my work ethic. I've never seen a man work harder. Uh, trying to raise eight kids in the inner city in an interracial marriage, dealing with racism, dealing with, I mean, he was just a steady, a steady ship taking us through all of that. Um, so definitely, um, his, his, his work ethic. Um, then there are a number of guys that, that God used in my life as, you know, as far as my spiritual impact. My dad didn't come to the Lord until late in life. But um, at seminary, one guy, uh, Sam Harvin, who was the, the, the men's kind of pastor, you know, if you had an issue, it's like a chaplain at a seminary. Someone that you can go to and just pull your heart out, talk to, um, God really used that guy in my life as, as I was cutting my teeth spiritually. 
Uh, another guy is um, a guy named Ed Park, who is a pastor of the church that we came out of in Philly almost 20-something years ago. Um, just a, a guy who thinks theologically, really non-emotional, but he's not an emotional guy, but he's not afraid to look, look at you and ask you the hard questions and rebuke you in love. He knows how to rebuke you in love, and, and I get a lot of that from him. So those are three guys. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of men in my life. Um, my father, my, my mom, my mom, my mom and my dad took care of me different. Like they probably did the most. Um, I, I remember as a young Christian praying often, Lord, can I find someone that you had a church with? Like, the Lord didn't do it. Um, but it, not that to say that there were like impacts of men, but more distant, more as opposed to. At the time, I really wanted someone to come under someone that I could really learn from. I wanted to understand the Lord. I wanted to understand the spiritual things. And, and, um, and praying often, Lord, you know. And I would, um, this happened as a young people. I would approach some pastors I don't, don't I, I would admire, and they would let me down. You know, they would not pay in, 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 into it. You know. And I would go home. And like, oh, they, they so it's one of those things where I don't really. But, however, having said that, there were other men that from afar, you know, not, not so much from afar, I was being my first pastor at the church in the Bronx. I just, I, I admire how the Lord used him. Simple man, poor man, you know, Bronx, you know, just, but when he would get to preach, he was a different man. I was like, wow, this beautiful. And I was just really like, ah, evil. So, you know, and he was he was dear to our family, he was, you know, but um, so I would say probably he would be one guy that I would be like, you know, he was just a regular Joe, and but when he preached, he was just God's blessing. What was that? Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. My father was a pastor, so I would say like my father and my mom were really good. I learned devotion to God from that, her life. And I honor that. And I feel honored. And I feel, I think the other day I was just praying and I just had a meeting with the fact that my mom and my dad and the example that they set for me. So I would say them would be as a whole, most shape me. Then I, my first pastor was really, that was special. This is an humble, short man from the Green Republic. That's what God used He still. seminary at the time and I remember getting a phone call from Rich, our brother, and all he said was, you need to get over here. I said, 
the world is going to show us. But I knew. I knew. And it was, uh, we had, Hannah was two years old. I remember, so I hung up the phone, and then I promptly punched the plaster wall of our house. Not a good idea. If you have a drywall, that might work, but not plaster. But I was just angry. And I remember speeding to get there, and Monica, I don't even remember if she was saying, I'm sure she was telling me to slow down. Um, to get to the apartment, knocked all over the place, and go upstairs, and there she is laying on the bed. And for me, I remember being so angry. Like, why God? Why God? 33-year-old teacher working in the hood of Philadelphia, working with crack babies in the Head Start program that nobody else wants to work with. And I remember just this, it, it, it became it became a difficult time in my life, not only because I lost my sister, but it was, it was a faith crisis. Like, now what do you believe about me? And the irony is, I'm in seminary studying about, are you going to still get in the pulpit and tell people I'm a God of love? You still? And so that was, that was difficult on a lot of levels. Obviously, just the loss of someone. Uh, and I remember driving home, you know, and I'm looking at, you know, we were born and raised in Philly, so I'm looking at all these prostitutes on the corner. Why did God take her? Look at that one right there. That's probably not even her baby. Why did God take her? I mean, I, I was a mess. I mean, Monique knows better. But what I learned out of that, um, and in seminary, guys, we're here. This is where, again, Sam Harvard, the guy I'm talking about. You know, I dropped out of seminary. I was like, put a pause on this. I got to put a pause on this. When I finally came back to the hallways of seminary, I remember walking into the library, and Clint Vance, who was the librarian, was sitting there. And he said, hey, Ron. He said, it's good to see you. I said, yeah, okay. And he said, can you come in here a minute? And I sat down. He said, I've been praying for you. And I appreciate it. And I'm still just that angry still. And God used this little awkward librarian, you know, typical librarian, to minister to me that moment. And he said, I know a lot of people say they know what you're going through. But they probably don't. And they're trying to be nice. And I said, yeah, really, I'm tired of hearing that. He said, but I know what you're going through. He said, I lost both of my sisters. And he began to share and weep about his loss. And it was like, all right, somebody gets it. And here's a man much older than me, still loving the Lord. So, so God used it to, to really adjust my view of who God is. And I know I'm out of time, so I'm going to end it with this. What I learned from all of that, one of the big lessons, God owes me nothing. And yet he gave me everything he has. So. Thank you for sharing that. Well, you know, uh, difficult times. But, I mean, obviously the first thing that came to my mind, I was just telling you right now, that I was probably diagnosed with cancer. And, you might, and, and there's a part of me that says, well, that wasn't really the best time. It probably wasn't the best time to be alive. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding when I tell you how much the Lord ministered to me during that time. And yet, in the back of my mind, I knew that um, it was cancer. So, but it was just like God just met me. It was such a and some of you saw, were able to walk with me during that time and see that I, I, I was just an open heaven. I was in an open heaven. 
And yet, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, you're like what you have. So I don't want to minimize what I had, but I can say that like, God helped me. Helped it. Did he help me? I felt like I was walking. I was living through Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for God. So the Lord really uh, brought me through. And that was a time that was uh, preceded by COVID. I mean, that whole COVID. That was, in some ways, COVID was probably more uh, shaking in some sense. Because it's like, you know, obviously, we're in this pandemic and people are dying. And um, and so, and then we're going to the emergency room and there was all that talk. So when they combined with the COVID part and the cancer part, you know, it, you know obviously, these are things that people struggle with. But the, all I can tell you is that the Lord, uh, for COVID, um, as I preached on my message, turning my coronavirus to Corona Springs. Yeah. It was just like, he turned my valley of Baca into Springs. Um, and it was just beautiful. And then three weeks later, I ended up with these lymph nodes in my neck. And eventually that would um, end terminate in a cancer diagnosis, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, diffused large B-cell lymphoma, which is an aggressive cancer. Had to go for six weeks of treatment, and that journey was incredibly God's presence. Next question. In the back. Okay, yeah. So when a, someone comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and again, as we talked about, your salvation is secure in Christ. You never lose that. Ephesians talks about you are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So now you are a new creature. You're justified fully in Christ. The Holy Spirit is now indwelling in you. Done deal. What's going to be the fruit of that? Works. In other words, there's a transformation that God does in our heart that is a divine transformation. The Holy Spirit residing in you, God says, I am going to conform you to the image of my son. You are going to start looking more like Jesus Christ in the things you do and say and desire. That, and again, goes back to free will and sovereignty of God, right? Because he says that I'm going to do this work in you but you're going to live it out, right? And so works authenticate the salvation that I already have. I don't do the works to get the salvation. I do the works as a result of my salvation. So when James says faith without works is dead, that's where that big theological debate hundreds of years ago, thinking that, you know, well, James is a story, just get that out of the Bible. No, he misunderstood what James said. He was saying faith, genuine saving faith, if you claim to have it, but you don't have any works, that faith is dead. Because true faith, saving faith in Christ, always produces works. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but you're not going to continue to be, think, and do, and desire the things that you did prior to Christ. John says it this way, that those who are in Christ, brothers and sisters, children of God, they cannot keep on sinning. You can't. Why? Not because of you, because of Christ in you. So the works that I do are 
a result, a byproduct of the salvation that I have. For me? <laughs> I just realized you didn't say who that was for, bro. Yeah, that was, no, no, that was, well, I guess. Okay. Uh, oh. okay yeah. Frank? Has anybody had a question? How do you define salvation? How do you define salvation? That question, thanks, Juan. <laughs> That's a big one. Salvation. Um, salvation. Salvation is, you know, is, yeah, that's right over that. 15. What is salvation? Salvation is the work of God. Um, work of God is in history, right? Work of God in history to secure for himself his people, to save them from their sins, right? Uh, right? So salvation, salvation is the work of God. Um, from the very beginning, God has a people. And he had this plan, and he sent his son. So salvation, it really encompasses all that God has done to accomplish his purposes in salvation, which results in a people who will receive faith and will be saved. So, you know, so, so, so the question is, where I end up taking it mostly from the view of just defining broadly. So salvation is God sending Jesus Christ. Right? God sent Jesus Christ. So in, in many ways, Jesus is our salvation. So there is no salvation of God where Jesus is not involved. Jesus literally brings us all that we need to be saved and to live eternally. So salvation is God's work. The essence of that salvation, the person of that salvation is Jesus Christ. Um, his name shall be called Jesus, be called, right? He shall say, this. what is the word Jesus? Right? right? Kind of, you know, what was that? He saved, God saves. So Jesus becomes really the, uh, the center of all what salvation is. So apart from Christ, there is no salvation. So it's a work, but it's also a person. And the Lord gave you an understanding. Not just something that God does. Jesus is our salvation. Next week. Leroy. Oh, no, wait, no, it's not funny. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. 57. 58, 59, 61. Uh-oh. So, start 57? Yeah, I think we're all done. Yeah. Let's go to the second. Yeah, so we didn't, we didn't start to have some of these discussions. So, Ron is not just an assistant pastor, but I think that, that I think what I've asked him is um, uh, we're gonna the plan would be for, for Ron to be brought in as a pastor, and he will serve as a pastor. So this is the plan. This is what we talked about recently. He will serve as a pastor. He will minister, lead, and all that. And then what we're gonna do, and this is one of the reasons, uh, is we're gonna then uh, give it a period of time where we're gonna get together. And we're going to begin to define. But we're not doing this for us, for us, for him, but for actually for the future also. And we're going to define a process of eldership. So that, and then after that process, we're going to have a, a formal ceremony where he'll be introduced as a ruling elder in the church. All right. So, so we'll we'll 
what, what, what we want to do is take that time to define, okay, what does that look like for someone else? Coming in? So, what, does that, what does that look like for someone else coming in and using that period so that we can actually come up with you know, government? You know, how, how does this work? You know, and then uh, let's 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 figure this out together because you know a plurality of eldership requires thoughtful uh, process trying to and I think this is a great opportunity for us to do it, bring it as a ruling elder where I would probably serve as a first among equal just to recognize uh, founder and uh, and vision. I told them and I felt the Lord in my heart guard the vision for the church. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll make sure that that the vision. You know, house of prayer, uh, doctrine, um, that we would, I would have priority. So we don't change the lot. Not that I have any concerns, but if, you, if you've noticed, if you, there is what's called first among equals, where we're both equal, but then there's, there's one given to just recognize the, the founder, number one, and also there's some aspects of the mission, the, the church that I feel the Lord wants to be part. So that 57. So how do we, let's put up 65. I'm clicking it, but it's not coming up. That is number 60, though. No. 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 Oh, sorry. Wrong number. Have you got a council? You know, um, I prayed for 10 years for someone to come. Um, so, yes, it, it, am I prepared? I, I think so. Uh, uh, otherwise, I don't know if I would be praying for anyone. But I think that we'll, we will, I think, like in any relationship, one of the things that's always wrong is that at the end of the day, we've got to love each other. If we don't love each other, we'll be practicing sooner or later. We love each other. So that, just like any marriage, just like any, how many marriages you need to work, uh, you know, in, right? So, so there, there's, there's, I don't, I don't, it, this question doesn't keep me up at night. I'm confident that just hearing his heart, you know, I know. We're, we'll, be, we'll be able to work together greatly. But, you know, prepare, is man prepared for different opinions? Yeah, I think, I think so. Part of my problem sometimes is that I, I do look for those opinions. Part of the problem sometimes is that, that one, of the, one of the things I said, Lord, why haven't you brought somebody to come in and really, you know, and I think it's because the Lord is disciplining me in unity. Because I've heard for 10 years, the Lord, bring someone else along that can help me That's why we're here. And the Lord did not. So I said, should I just quit? I think God has a purpose. I think part of the purpose is to help me to be human. Oftentimes, I was the Lord saying, you do this. The Lord, I don't have I don't have a person to do this, but hope this. You do this. And, and that discipline was helpful. Because I realized, let's just, let's just trust God. Let's not have any ideas of like, much as we would love to have had a man five, six years ago to come alongside and, and just run with me, oh, that would have been awesome. But the Lord did. And so 
Yes, I picked it up. Just wasn't going to work out. And is there a follow up to that? Is that what that was? Yeah. I was in trouble. So this is obviously this is part of the process, right? Of, of what we're going through today. Um, I, again, as Patrick Daniels said, it in, in my heart it's settled because this is more of a process for you guys to see if it's settled in your heart. Because if everyone in here says, "Now we're not feeling it." Then I gotta go back to God and say, well, okay, Lord, then maybe we maybe we misread what we thought you were doing. And that's possible. Look, I'm I'm after being in ministry for 25 years, there's one thing I know. You can plan all you want. God directs your steps. But so so ultimately, you know, um, for me, I, I want to lead and to shepherd people who want to be led and shepherd. If the sheep don't want to, okay, I'll pull them out. The kingdom's dead, right? But honestly, in my heart, and, and, and we've had so many hours, I was trying to keep track of how many hours we've spent together. It, it's over 30 that we've spent in conversation. You know, a, a one-hour breakfast that goes three and a half hours. You know, four-hour meeting that goes eight hours. Um, but, that, but, but that's because I, I wanted to know, God, is this you? Is this you? Is this you? Uh, so again, I'm, in my heart, I'm subtle. I believe this is what God desires. And I think as we continue this process and continue another process of questioning and another opportunity to come and preach, that, yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately, you know, for me, it's like, okay, Paul's in your court. <laughs> what do you guys want to do? So that's kind of where I'm at. And then that's why, we're, as Pastor Daniel and I were talking about, well, what would it look like, you know, coming on as a pastor? Like, so when will we make that decision? Ultimately, what will determine that? Well, I, I think it's all just about timing and about when really he feels like, okay, we've, let's, let's make a decision. And then that process will be faster and then down the road, we will know. So I don't know about who has that question. Am I answering your question? Probably um, send out an email. We're gonna get. We're gonna put a deadline. We will put a deadline. We're already thinking end of August. And at that point, we'll send out emails if there's any any objections to it. I can say honestly, in my heart, I'm pretty sorry. I've just had too many things. So really, this process is just for people to feel the joy. So, but we, we, we will honor that. We will respect that. That's important. We're not just going through the motions. This is important to why the body of Christ is important. Yeah, there are churches that, you know, there are different forms of government. One's called congregation. There's a whole bunch of people that believe the church, the, 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 the members rule. I'm not there. I don't think the Bible teaches that, but I do believe that there is a congregational affirmation. You gotta have it. There's no going 
my sense. I'm, I'm not everyone with pass. Very fast, and then God just says, Jeremiah, and, and let it rip. <laughs> but I don't think that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if God's God, He can do what He wants, right? But I think just generally speaking, you know, like I said, our hearts are like, the Lord is doing great things. I don't think that's what And I'm feeling, and there's things I, I just present the Lord, I just sense something. He doesn't even come yet. You know we do a lot, right? We 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 do a lot. We go we go hundred miles an hour. And I've been doing this alone for a long time. And just to have that, just to just talk with you. You have no idea how much the Lord has been using us to get to talk to you. Because he will find you. There's just so many wonderful things that I feel like the Lord is doing. Because I want to see God glorified today. Amen? I'll go to Elder Street. You know that. I will go to Elder Street alone. And I can talk. And I'll weep and tell children about how I want to do it. Right? Go. I will go. Right? That's just the way the Lord, you know, I want to serve God. I want to see His glory. And to have another part of this is awesome. You know, to come alongside really help. So, in my heart, I feel like the Lord is saying, So, we're, we're doing this thing. So, we'll have a date. And we'll send out an email. And then, uh, it won't, won't be a boat. But it'll be just, hey, if there's any concerns, you know, send them in by a certain date. You know? And they would have to be overwhelming majority. We're not gonna like one or two people. We're not. We're not. That's not gonna be enough. Oh, stop! No problem. Like, no, you have to be a pretty overwhelming. But 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 make sure you're praying about it and thinking about it, and you know, be be involved in this process. I think the Lord is doing wonderful things. But you have to do the hard work yourself.
But at the end of the day, it's about the harvest. And there's a lot of other stuff that can get in the way of that, right? Um, and so again, my heart is so. But yeah, you can always love all the people who have been under your leadership. It's like, yes, but uh, that didn't happen the reason you did. We'll go maybe 10 minutes max. Yeah, you're right. If you take them, what specifically do you think you complement each other in the ministry for both? Good question, Mr. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. um, This is a good question. This this is the kind of stuff that is important for us in in the evaluation of whether or not God is in it. Because it makes all the sense in the world. But if God can bring two people together, they're not going to be the same. That's just the way God works. They're going to complement each other. Because if we're the same, we don't grow. We're not strong. We're the same. Right? But if we complement each other, if I, if I can shoot a gun, he, he has a sword, together we're a little bit more powerful. <laughs> sword, right? But so, so I think that's a great question because compliment, when two people that want to get married come to me and they want to get married, that's the first place I go. Not the first place. Second place. First is, do you love Jesus Christ more than Do you love her more than Jesus Christ? If you do, don't get married. Right? <laughs> but if you love Jesus Christ more than she does, oh, now let's talk. <laughs> right? Right? It, 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 right? So, so, second is like, do you compliment each other? So, yeah, I think from my observations, you know, um, Ron's a passionate guy, so, so it's, just from a ministry point of view, uh, I like that he goes verse by verse a little bit more, cover larger passages of scripture. I like that. I think, I think Ron brings a practical element that we're not as strong. Um, I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking philosophically, you know, theologically, right? And it's good. I, I, I don't make any apologies for that. It's just the way the Lord wired me. I'm a little kid, I was asking a thousand questions. That's just, I want to understand the, the meaning of things. And that's good. I like his stuff too. I like the fact that he goes a little bit more uh, quicker to the passage, but, but in a solid, biblically sound way. I think that's going to benefit us. If I see that style, right, I see that style as good. And we're wanting to be the same way. It's like, well, like two people trying to dig an end, you know, uh, I'll say, I, you know, I'll say one verse for a whole year. <laughs> You know, and, and so, and God ministered to me, and I rejoiced in it, right? Uh, and I do five of those a week. <laughs> so I give you a little distribution, I do five, you know, I do five of those a week. And so, you know, but I, but, but I love it, just, I like to, but, but I like the way, I like the way he's going to bring practical, he's going to bring a counseling component that I don't, I don't have. And in this city, that's precious. He looks to have I mean, the, the, the problems that these kids are facing, you know, I'll, 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 I'll deal with them. I'm not going to shy away, but I think that the practical experience that he brings is invaluable. So I love the, 
I think of an accountant. That's a lot of matters, accountant. And we have kids. Hand in glove, right? So, so I, I, that's my answer. Yeah, I, I would agree with all those same observations. The other, you know, they use the Toyota man, I'm a Honda man. Or. But no, I, I, I would I would agree. It's the same thing. Um, the 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 other thing I would add that I think complements us is I don't have to tell you, you know Pastor Daniels is, is passionate. He is passionate and he is it's refreshing to hear more talk of relying on the spirit's moving. Now I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but we you know, he has a charismatic background. I was in a charismatic church. I've seen charismatic go wrong. And so, but I think the tendency is, Monique was raised charismatic Pentecostal, right? When you see it go wrong, you can go to seminary and then you can take the Holy Spirit out of everything. And you forget, like, no, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit does move in your life. But because you see it done wrong, what happens in a lot of denominations, they, they go like this. No, 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 no. And it's like, are you leaving any room for this? No, 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 that's subjective. No, what does the word say? And so it's refreshing because he's not there. I might have been more over on that side. And as God's been working in my life, realizing like, yeah, we need to open up the gates and let the Holy Spirit out. Right? So that's a compliment there. And we balance each other that way too because if I'm getting too just black and white, black and white, you know, for to be able to have passion, I even say, what's the spirit saying? Right? If he's getting too, man, I, I saw Jesus' face in the cantaloupe. I'm like, yo, bro, 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 hold on. That's, 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 I know the spirit moves, but that's, uh, you know, and that's important. Pineapple, the pineapple. Oh, that's different. You didn't say that. Oh, that's different. Never mind. No, but so that's going to be a huge conflict. Because again, and this is where we, we theologically land the same place when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He works and moves and directs, and we ought to be filled with him. So that, that's another area that I see. Okay, this is the next one. Membership is a, is a conversation I've had with myself and others um, throughout the years. You know, that I, I'm pro membership, very pro membership. solves a lot of problems. The people, there are a lot of people come to church that are not really familiar. Um, so that's a conversation we will have. You know, I, I'm pro membership. I, I like to do it, I want to do it. But just bring it in like a I think what he was saying, and he was going to dissolve AMC, which is different than membership. So there won't be two organizations. It's one or four. He has an organization called Allentown Fellowship Church. 
the plasma is dissolved back and then they will merge together and become part of the cell. Okay, that's what you <laughs> okay, so favorite song. Um, well, yeah, all right, I'm going to pick one. First one that comes out of my head is um, uh, Dahlia. Oh, I love Dahlia. We went to the university. We went to the university. Okay. Started the work through going to the nation. Um, but then that brings up another favorite one <laughs> looking up to Jesus, right? Who is the author and finisher of our faith. And in Hebrews, Hebrews is a big place for me. But when it talks about Jesus Christ, he is our high priest. He went in once and died. Going in there as the high priest and the sacrifice. And he died once. I got so many. But I had to pick one. The first thing that came to my mind, my Jesus, I got. My Jesus, So that's just, I can just say that song all day long. Uh, verse, you know, um, I just bought my two plots of my land from Cemetery. What's going to be in my little plaque? You know? um, probably Matthew, come unto me. Oh, my Savior, come unto me. That verse is uh, significant. Zoom world, you guys, before we quit, we're going we're gonna to be quitting. Um, if you guys have a question, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to. Uh, you know, maybe one, maybe two max. Okay, that's it. You guys have something? Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you one thing, I'm just one. Um, who are some of your favorite Christian teachers all day for folks to use? Favorite Christian preachers, authors, favorite Christian preachers, authors. Right. I had. I took a test. Number ten. All right. Go ahead, Ron. So some of my favorite Christian preachers. I'm gonna go with Tim Keller, Bodie Bachman, being the son. You should see him do the ribbon thing. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, so many authors. I, I read a lot of counseling authors. Obviously, I'm excited and passionate about counseling. Um, Paul Tripp. 
Uh, I know I'm going to embarrass you, but I, I really do like your book. You know, it's a good reason to go to it. I know. I didn't want to say that because no, he said I didn't say it. So. But um, yeah, um, other authors. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Can I pull up my uh, my reading list? Go, go ahead, brother. Let me pull up my. Uh, oh man, Ben Bridges, Joel Osteen. Um, oh, I love Joel. Hey, you guys know it since he. I love him. <laughs> 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 oh, there we go. I love his smile. I want you to smile a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, God. I grew a little old school preacher, so it's hard for me to find people that, you know, my pastor in the Bronx, he kind of sets up the high standard. So it's like, oh, man, it's hard to find. But I like, you know, John Piper. I like to listen to John Piper. There's a whole, there's an old Spanish Pentecostal, he's like my favorite. He, 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 anyone knows he, 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 he was like an old Pentecostal. It was just, I just laughed, and then it's just funny. But, uh, but he, you know, he, I liked his authority when he preached. You like Tom Barker? Yeah, I, I like his. Flame. The Holy Spirit is often looked as a flame. So 
passionate desire. You long for things, you desire things. But, but before you're like, oh, that's okay. But then the Holy Spirit comes and he, he increases desire. And then power, power to do the works of God. Power, boldness, courage. Um, you know, those are all things that we don't have by, by nature. We just don't have them. But the Holy Spirit in those moments, right? Now, the building of the Holy Spirit is distinct from salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. So there, you know, some people teach that, oh, you have to uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit to receive the Holy Spirit. But no, we, we believe that you receive the Holy Spirit the moment you're saved. But then there is a, um, an, a, a distinct work of the Holy Spirit that we would consider the baptismal spirit, or the filling of which is really um, not a, a one-time event, but a continuous, continuous filling of the Holy Spirit, you know, in order to purify our hearts in devotion to Christ, get, increase our passion for Christ, and then ignite good works in us. Yeah, I would agree with all of that too. Um, I, I think that salvation, Holy Spirit comes in right away. I mean, Holy Spirit, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit in a sense, the Holy Spirit doesn't come in, you're not saved, right? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who seals us. Um, but then living out that life, uh, when you look at the Acts of the Apostles and you see and they prayed and they were given boldness. Um, I, I experienced this when I went to China, I was working with the underground church. I mean, quite frankly, I was scared because I didn't want to get found out and end up in a Chinese work camp. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I just didn't. I wasn't one of these guys that had that kind of bold faith. But I remember when it was time to go to the location, I prayed, like, God, give me your Holy Spirit. Like, okay, wait, but did you have the Holy Spirit, Ron? Yes, I, I, yes, we are the temple of God. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside. But this is what I mean about like reactionary, right? The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit will empower like he did the disciples. And I ask for that. Like, take away the fear. Give me the boldness no matter what happens. And he did. That wasn't me. That was him. And it, and it wasn't this, you know, kind of weirdness. When you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get weak. Like, oh, wait, did you see lights? No, I didn't see lights. I got up and I talked for 12 hours to these underground pastors, and he gave me boldness and strength to do it. Right? So, and, and that's why I do believe it, it is a continual thing. Galatians talks about be filled with the Spirit. And, and, and if you, it means continuously. Now, he uses the Word of God, he uses us asking, all those things come into play. But, but there is that aspect of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live out the life. That, that we've been called to live through Christ. All right, for the sake of time, I think we covered. We're going to do another installment on July seventeenth. And you know what? Uh, just keep sending questions. I'll add them to the list, and we'll keep just keep it open. Keep um, praying. Keep praying. I'm excited. I trust that this is helpful. How many? Anybody found this helpful? Two people. Good. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to retire. But so anyway, but let's keep it. I love this. I love doing this. You know, I love I love the fact that we can be open about it. You know, so we got some food coming. Yay! Yay! <laughs> but um, let's stand and let's just uh, stretch your legs and um, you know. But like I said, I want to encourage you. Um, ask ask any questions you might have. We're excited. We will put a deadline to this.
that we will, uh, you know, like I said, uh, move forward by faith and grace and, and trust the Lord. In the meantime, you know, uh, we're going to pray and then we'll dismiss and you're going to go. Um, is, the, is the fellowship hall open? Yeah, it's open. And um, you can just go in. If we don't have enough chairs, tables, tile, maybe you can do that. You guys can roll some other tables. And then um, let's have a good time. And um, if you guys wanted to, it's up to you guys. You don't have to. But if you wanted to ask a couple of questions while people are eating, we could be open to that too. And so we can play by ear. Otherwise, I also want all of you guys to talk at the table. Just kind of just talk. Just talk to each other. And just um, get to know each other. All right? Well, let's pray. And then, like I said, uh, we'll pray for the food here. So as soon as the food comes in, um, you guys can start serving. Oh, thank you, Father, for this wonderful time, Lord, that we can, we want to be a church that can be self-conscious about what the Bible teaches, and to have strong convictions. We don't take this word lightly. You've given us something that, that informs every aspect of our lives, and you want us to meditate on it daily. And so we pray that this exercise will be encouraging. For many here that perhaps have not been reading the Bible. And therefore, they don't know what the Bible says about things in their lives. And oftentimes, we, we do the things that are wrong because we are ignorant of what the Word says. And you said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I just pray that this entire exercise has very encouraged me for everyone here to just let me read what the Bible says about salvation. What does the Bible say about the Spirit? What does the Bible say about the church covenants? That we would, Lord, be a people of a book. And so, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just come and illuminate and bring understanding. So thank you for this, this wonderful time together. Thank you for my brother Ron. Thank you for all the folks that have come out today. Thank you for everyone that submitted questions. I pray that if there's anything unclear, Lord, that it would be clarified and that, Lord, you, your grace would be all over this. We thank you for this time. We pray for the food. We thank you for the food that we're about to have, Jesus. We're praying that you would just bless it and that we would enjoy each other's company, delight in each other, and really see your wonderful hand even in, in this time. So we thank you, Father. We pray all this in the precious name of your Son. Amen.